1: on LinkedIn. Today we have Mr. Jie Zhang on the show together with me. He's the co-founder and the CEO of Go Digital China. We're going to discuss grow your business in China through digital marketing. This is a topic I think will help you demystify the fear and the cost of marketing in China. Welcome to the show, Jay.
2: Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me.
1: All right. As always, could you please first uh, introduce you to our audience? I know you grew up in China just like me, but now you are living in Europe.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Jie Zhang. You can call me Jay. and I am the co-founder and the CEO of uh, Go Digital China, a technology startup based here in Oslo, Norway. So our Company is basically uh, taking uh, Western brands into a uh, Chinese market towards uh, a Chinese audience, uh, both uh, to the consumers and businesses. We have a platform that we uh, developed uh, by ourselves uh, called AdChina.io, basically a multi-channel uh, self serviced uh, advertising uh, platform. And, um, before going into China, I was working for Telenor Group. Uh, which is a, tyco, a tel- telco um, here in Norway and also uh, uh, in Asia and the Central and Eastern Europe uh, for three years. Uh, my job was to um, uh, establish and grow a cloud and uh, a business cloud and software services. And uh, before Telenor Group, I was working for Huawei in Europe uh, for eight years, from 2004 to 2012. Uh, I was uh, running around, setting up uh, uh, offices for for Huawei at that time, Uh, run multiple uh, operations in uh, different countries. And yeah, that's pretty much myself.
1: Sounds like you have been living in different places in Europe in the past uh, more than 10
2: years. Yes, yes. Where are the places you have been? I've been around, actually. My first stop was Romania, uh, and then later on Serbia, Denmark, uh, Sweden, Norway, yeah, different places.
1: Wow. So, talking about digital marketing, before we jump into that, uh, I'm very interested in what is people's attitude towards China in Northern Europe, especially the pandemic? happened everywhere worldwide, and uh, also I know the current situation, China is the only country already have the COVID-19 in control now. In a recent report, June 2020, the IMF, International Monetary Fund, forecasted China's economic growth would be 1% versus the rest of the world. is all decreasing, right? Worldwide 4.9% in 2020, and the U.S. is by 8% contracting. How is people's attitude
2: maybe changed through 2020? Just like everybody else, uh, we have experienced a roller coaster from the beginning of this year. We are a company uh, quite international. Our headquarters is here in Oslo. But we have uh, colleagues in Australia, in, uh, in uh, India, in Pakistan, um, in China, as well. Uh, we, uh, we usually have this uh, gathering. We find a physical place and get together and, uh, for, you know, for team building and all hands meeting and so on. So we actually planned one uh, all hands meeting in February in Shanghai. And then uh, suddenly everything, you know, when it broke out in China first, and then uh, we just had to cancel everything. But then uh, I think in March, you can see that uh, in China, things are uh, getting uh, in control at that time already. But then at the same time, uh, different uh, countries are breaking out with, uh, with the COVID-19. And then uh, at that time, we, we saw immediately that, uh, oh, this is going to be very uh, scary I mean, for the rest of the world because we saw but it took China to to contain it, and then uh, we also saw that uh, most of the uh, world was not ready to uh, to take same or similar measures mm-hmm. to uh, to contain the, uh, the, the 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 at that time epidemic, uh, and then of course it developed as we saw uh, into a, a pandemic, and then uh, in late March when uh, Europe was actually uh, breaking out all over the place, especially in my region, uh, the Nordics. Um, And then uh, different uh, countries uh, took different uh, uh, measures. Uh, I think in general, um, uh, where I'm living um, in Norway, actually it's pretty much under control. Uh, We see that uh, people are very cautious still, but uh, most part of the society is uh, finding a new pattern of living. Uh, in such an uh, environment with, the, for example, closed borders uh, towards certain area and then many people working from home as much as possible. A lot of flexibility in the working place. A lot of uh, companies, especially SMEs, are getting subsidies from the government. So it's a kind of, uh, you know, a new norm we see. And also uh, in the society, we see that there are also a positive impact, for example, a lot of so- social services are becoming digitalized, which has been happening in, uh, in the past decade, for example. People are saying that uh, the pandemic uh, actually shortened the uh, digitalization process in Norway for at least 10 years. So uh, a lot of opportunities for uh, uh, different industries as well. When it comes to attitude to- towards China, I think uh, you can see a lot of rational opinions here that's probably also why i mean uh, news came out uh, the chinese foreign minister uh, minister of foreign affairs uh, is coming to europe and visit five countries and uh, and norway will be one of uh, one of his stops he is here of course trying to uh, strengthen the correlation against the pandemic and also to in a way re-establish the communication as well I mean, they, have, they haven't been uh, visiting any places for a while. So that's a good thing to have and a good, good thing for us to see. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So the attitude is still very friendly. People think they can learn from China. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: for example, uh, mask wearing, that's, uh, that was a big thing. The prime minister of Norway started to wear masks in public also uh, kind of showing one example to the rest of the country. I mean, uh, in general, the, the Nordic people, they have strong trust towards their government as well. So as soon as it was uh, recommended and then uh, people just uh, fall in uh, line. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very different. Yeah. From from one, one place to another.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I live in the U.S. and it took so long for Americans or for the government to realize wearing masks is something really effective to help prevent the pandemic spread.
2: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's a simple once thing, Once we started
1: wearing masks and stay at home, I think uh, the number starts to slow down a little bit. But now going back to work, because we still need to live, right? We see the number go up again. All right. Now let's talk about the business. As many people realize, uh, China is a market uh, It's too good to be ignored. And also the number I just shared earlier, right? The forecast of the economy in China is still expanding, even though the forecast uh, from pre-pandemic uh, uh, reduced to just 1%. But that's the only country in the world that still have a positive number in terms of growth. So, I know China is not an easy market for a foreign company to succeed, especially for people who have never been to China or don't have this experience of dealing or doing business in China. And some of those typical platforms, the worldwide uh, platforms such as Google and Facebook and Twitter, all these kind of things, they are not accessible in China. So for digital marketing, the kind of things you are doing, your company are uh, devoting your time in, what kind of platforms should we consider when marketing to Chinese customers from the Western
2: side? So first of all, as you said, I mean, rightfully, Chinese uh, internet environment is very, very different compared to the rest of the world, mainly because that it was disconnected and of course it is still it was at that time the thing is that in china not only the ecosystem is different not only the players are different but also a very different regulations and the way of working as well uh, in the internet industry that will also impact our advertising methodology and uh, possibilities uh so that's basically what why we started the company in china for example right now our platform is connected with uh, basically all the major channels media channels in china so i can mention several in the past of course when it comes to chinese internet companies we always talk about these e companies i do tencent and alibaba right that's the players but then uh, the thing is that uh, in china Unlike the West, you know, in the West, we are, talk- we are talking about uh, at least the two decades of uh, dominance of uh, Google and Facebook uh, and Amazon on the e-commerce side. But then in China, you see the new players coming up all the time and they just, you know, grow so fast and grab the land and become quite important um, and hard to ignore as well. I mean, for example, these days in the U.S., everyone is uh, talking about TikTok. I mean, that is one example. I mean, TikTok didn't exist five years ago. They just really took off, not first in the US or in the Western countries, but actually in China. Mm -hmm. It became a very strong player in Chinese market long before they became a thing in the West, actually. They actually took a lot of learnings that they got from China and then basically copied themselves from China to the rest of the world in the past in the early age of the internet we always talk about this model of copy to china mm-hmm. and now actually we're talking about another way actually copy from china <laughs> to the to the west and see how how successful they became of course but not, not maybe not anymore because of the political environment of course that is one another example is on the on the e-commerce side everyone when it com- comes into e- e-commerce in china everyone thinks of uh, uh, Alibaba, okay, Alibaba is everything, and maybe JD.com has a little bit there. But then suddenly, three years ago, there is a, you know, a company, this company called PDD, uh, came into the picture from, I mean, out of the blue. And then uh, in three years, they got 300 million uh, users, and then uh, they got listed uh, in, the, in the stock market in the U.S. So it's, uh, this is how dynamic that market can be. So when uh, someone goes into the Chinese market and they want to look at uh, the uh, digital marketing platforms and channels, uh, they have to look at the traditional ones like uh, Tencent channels, for example, their social media QQ, their news app, Tencent News, their video, Tencent Video, uh, and then uh, WeChat, of course, that is the thing. And of course, I do is the dominant search engine in China uh, with similar or even more dominant uh, than uh, Google in the West, actually. In the West, you still, from time to time, can use Bing. Uh, but then in China, most people use very much Baidu. And also the, the, the mother company uh, by, of uh, TikTok, ByteDance, they have uh, several very uh, popular products or, let's say, channels in China. You have Tootiao, which is a news app or news digest app, which feed you with the interest that uh, they learn from you basically uh, and then in uh, the Chinese version or the original version of TikTok uh, and also uh, the, the, funny enough they have even uh, competing uh, uh, video services called the Xigua or watermelon video so there they're in, well.
1: internal they, the same company have their own competing yes services.
2: yes So And also, of course, uh, uh, we use a lot of LinkedIn as well for B2B customers because LinkedIn in China is uh, just like uh, most of uh, Microsoft products uh, are separated in China uh, uh, than in the rest of the world. So LinkedIn Chinese is basically separated from uh, LinkedIn in the rest of the world. And and, and of course, there is this uh, Chinese Twitter. Or at least it started as a, uh, as a, a copy to China of Twitter called uh, Weibo. Uh, that is another, uh, I would say, channel that uh, one can uh, use.
1: The global platform LinkedIn is the one that's uh, available in China. but uh, It is the
2: only one, yes.
1: Yeah, that's the only one. Basically all the others are not accessible. And,
2: and even for LinkedIn, their advertising backend is separated. So, uh, for example, our platform is connected to LinkedIn in China that can display ads towards Chinese users uh, which is disconnected to the rest of the world. Um, So basically everything in China is, uh, I mean, on the internet side is disconnected uh, to the rest of the world.
1: Okay, thanks for painting this picture for us so we can see, well, the rest of the world and China on a big island, (laughs) kind of (laughs) disconnected through the firewalls, all these things, but they have their own stuff, everything, (laughs) even more.
0: Yes, even more,
2: I think.
1: Okay, let's take a very quick break and we'll be back right away.
0: You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. To call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at ptcgconsulting.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: So now... I would like to dig into it a little bit more. Can you please help us understand what are some common practices for digital marketing to the Chinese audience today? And what are the strengths and weaknesses in those practices?
2: In general, I think uh, uh, digital marketing in China is not as advanced and transparent uh, in the West, actually. I mean, we are living in, uh, in, in Europe, and uh, we use a lot of uh, uh, services from, uh, from Facebook, from Google, from LinkedIn, and so on, to promote our own services. And also, uh, we have many digital, uh, digital marketing experts in our team as well. Uh, they can, or we can all see that because of uh, those strong regulations in China, in the media industry, and also internet industry, uh, a lot of those media channels are relying very much on their agencies, on I mean, a huge network of, uh, of agencies. And we're talking about non- not only a network of agencies, but layers of uh, agencies. Mm. So the common practice in China is, um, uh, from my point of view, uh, is not very transparent and it's not very efficient either. The digital marketing budget brands are spending, are kind of uh, diluted along the way uh, through the layers of agencies. Yeah, uh, at he,
1: the same he, each layer get a cut
2: of I that. Mean, I, I, everyone, everyone gets a cut.
1: Yeah, and, and think about the money uh, the advertiser put in, at the end, maybe only a small portion is really put on that platform for for advertising
2: unfortunately yes the, and also layers of agency is not very good for uh, for the data either because again i mean you, when you have layers of agencies then uh, you have a higher chance of being manipulated when it comes to data uh, collection At the, uh, and also uh, in china because of the fierce competition between those players the data is not actually managed to flow uh, across those uh, those different media channels. Um, yeah, for example, I mean Alibaba is uh, you know head to head with Tencent. Uh, if you want to run a campaign on uh, on Tencent, uh, on WeChat, for example, it is impossible for you to direct all the traffic or the traffic directly into your store on Timon.com, for example these kind of things you know it's uh, it's it's really breaking out uh, They say breaking up the chain of the of the data
1: you said if you want to run a campaign on WeChat which is a Tencent product then it's impossible to direct the traffic that comes through WeChat to Timo which is Alibaba's uh, product or service
0: mm.
1: so
2: not uh, directly, you, you have other detour ways of doing it, but not directly.
1: Wow. Because Timo, that's where Timo is like, <laughs> uh, let's think about the Amazon. As a, yes,
2: right?
1: that's, that's where the stores are. If I yes. am selling some things, I'm yes. putting my digital store on yes. Timo. And I'm using VChat because uh, t- for marketing, because that's uh, everybody you would on that
2: video.
1: Mm. And I can't, <laughs> I can't really drive sales on Timo at the end.
2: Not directly. So, uh, 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 you know, in China there is another, or well, the second largest e commerce platform is called JD.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tencent product. is backing JD.com uh, just to compete with, uh, with uh, Alibaba. So uh, some of our customers uh, uh, really have to uh, uh, build two different stores or this is basically the same store for the same products, but then on different, uh, on two different platforms, just to utilize the traffic that they can get from diff- two different ecosystems. I mean, they, they call this sometimes, you know, the, it's it's like uh, the, the tale of two cities, you know, <laughs> it's the... Uh, uh, it's the Hangzhou, which is uh, Alibaba. And then it's the Shenzhen, uh, which is uh, Tencent. So it's uh, really, they're head to head and they're very much uh, kind of uh, uh, separated. And that is actually breaking up a lot of opportunities. Um, so these are all the challenges. And then uh, w- w- of course, we are trying to, to solve that by creating this uh, multi-channel uh, uh, experience. But again, going into Chinese market, I think there are several things um, that we have to have in mind. One is that uh, don't rely on one uh, channel uh, because there are multiple channels. It's not necessarily correct uh, that you pick one of them as the, uh, as the right decision uh, from the very beginning. So test them out. Test them out uh, with different combination and then uh, see uh, uh, what's going to happen. Uh, another thing, because of this kind of ecosystem in, in, in China, uh, advertising in China is a very different experience compared to the West. I mean, I'm here in, uh, in Norway, when, whenever I have uh, one, for uh, example, article uh, on our uh, Facebook page, for example, I can just uh, simply, okay, I'm going to spend $50 to promote this, uh, this article. Go. It's, it, it is very simple, right? And that this, uh, in China, every account has to be uh, uh, approved. Uh, advertising accounts on every uh, media channel have to be approved. Every advertisement has to be reviewed and approved by the media channels <laughs> because uh, they, they are afraid of uh, you, know, you saying something that is, uh, that is not uh, legal or against the regulation they have to uh, approve everything uh, and censor- also you have yeah i think
1: you, what you're saying is the censorship of yes. The, uh, yes
2: the content yeah. yes it's uh, it's not on only the censorship actually it's or it's a little bit far further than the censorship because the censorship is uh, something that you have already posted right mm. they, they look at uh, what you have already posted and see if it's uh, going to be uh, uh, kind of a taken down or not. But then when it comes to advertisement, because, because once you, you press the button, it's, it's out, right? So they have to do pre-censorship uh, mm. uh, before it's out. So it's actually one step uh, ahead uh, compared to the, the, the normal uh, censorship.
1: That's very interesting. So we cannot really just uh, use whatever we think is right or the common practices in the Western world to apply to China when we go there.
2: Exactly. Because it is complicated, but then we want to uh, shield our customers from those uh, complexity. We want to make it uh, uh, as binary as possible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because whenever we present something that is, that is in a gray zone, and then uh, our experience is that uh, uh, this is actually the cultural difference. I think, in general, the Eastern culture is good at uh, playing with the gray zones, or let's say is good at uh, playing with uh, you know, something that is not so clear. But then in the, in the Western culture, in Europe and in, uh, in, the, in, in North America, for example, uh, people are very much uh, uh, fond of something that is black or, black or white, so that uh, it's, uh, um, it's clear, right? It's binary. But then, uh, so we try to make it as simple as possible, which is not always easy, actually.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell us something on the positive side.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I think what you mentioned, it feels like advertising in China or trying to market our products in China is very complex, right? It's not so easy, yeah. it's not so straightforward, <laughs> as the word you use is not very transparent. What are some strengths uh,
0: <laughs> the, China the bright side
1: China, no matter the platform or the system?
2: <laughs> uh, let me talk about uh, the bright side. When the, uh, the Western marketers go into Chinese market, uh, uh, or when they start to, uh, to play with the tools that we have, uh, there are several things that they get really, wow, I mean, really kind of uh, excited. The first one is the audience. The size of the audience is crazy. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, blowing up people's mind. When they, you know, try to play with, the, okay, uh, I want to, for example, advertise uh, these on these keywords and also uh, feeding this uh, kind of criteria. Okay, show me how big an uh, audience I'm, I'm going to eat. Boom, <laughs> we're talking about, again, millions and uh, I mean, uh, a hundred, uh, even, uh, you know, tens of millions of, uh, of audience right away. That's the first thing. Uh, that actually reflects how big the market is in China and the why in the beginning, you mentioned why Chinese market is so important, or is too important to, to ignore. That is uh, the size of the market. Second is uh, uh, when they play with our tool, when they see how specific they can be uh, when it comes to the targeting tools, that reflects how much Chinese media channels, especially social media channels, know about their users. In, in fact, in China, uh, the, the, the data privacy um, regulations is not, or at least was not as, uh, uh, as stringent as, uh, as, for example, the GDPR regulations in, in Europe. So basically all those uh, uh, players in China, they do know much more about their users. So they do have very or much more advanced targeting tools, targeting criteria. They can be very specific when it comes to targeting of the audiences in China. So uh, the Western marketers love what they can achieve or what they can do with the, with the, with the targeting tools of the, of the Chinese media uh, platforms. Give you the third good thing that will be the frontier practices in China. Uh, a lot of things, I mean, these days, we have to admit this. Uh, if you look at how uh, scared Facebook is uh, when they're kind of facing uh, uh, the challenge of TikTok and WeChat, you know what is going, uh, You know there is something going on in China. Uh, in China, we have seen this. Uh, there are several things that China is leading the rest of the world, and we will see, and we have already started to see, uh, uh, that uh, the Western world or Western players are, are, are learning from the Chinese market. That is uh, e-commerce, that is uh, uh, mobile internet in general, uh, that is offline to online. And a uh, no, uh, fourth thing actually, uh, that is mobile payment
0: mm-hmm. as
2: well. So all these things uh, you have already seen. And also uh, when it comes to the, the advertising in China, you will see, uh, for example, live streaming. Live streaming is a huge thing in China and it's picking up. You already see it, actually. It's picking up in the West already. We're really amazed to see in the past 12 to 18 months how fast it's picking up. The rest of the world is following the, the, the steps in China.
1: Let's go a little bit deeper on this live streaming. Well, historically, especially on the gaming world, right, the, the gamers live stream and a lot of people watching. But in China, I think the live Streaming is combined with e-commerce, as you mentioned earlier. It's not just uh, entertainment or gaming, people watching. They are using this as a way to sell products. And in that, whatever, maybe 30 seconds or maybe one minute's time, you can see the uh, big volume being sold just through that uh, short time period of uh, live streaming by a maybe key opinion leader. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes, yes. The key opinion leaders, that's a, that's a very, very important uh, thing to mention. Uh, it is very uh, commercialized in China. there, and There is a huge community out there. And then if we're talking about the top ones, I mean, they are really capable of selling. We're talking about tens of uh, millions of US dollars uh, in a matter of uh, minutes, actually. I mean, that's, uh, that's uh, already happening uh, all the time already. And then that's only the top. And then uh, you have a huge chunk of uh, uh, key opinion leaders uh, below them. And these days, I mean, everyone is trying to sell something. Everyone is uh, in, the, I mean, in the entertainment industry. Uh, everyone is trying to utilize this and uh, do some live streaming and then uh, sell some products. So that's the third thing I want to... Mention when it comes to the bright side, go into the Chinese market, learn from it, and then you probably become someone with the vision in the whole market.
1: Okay. That's very interesting. Now, Uh, You mentioned a little bit about uh, your company, the platform can help Western advertisers learn a lot about China or maybe make things a lot easier. Maybe start with what uh, is the company and why did you start your own company? Because given you have been very successful in no matter Huawei or later uh, the telecom, (laughs) you know
2: but actually, I was thinking about this for a while uh, because in the, in the early part of my career life, I was basically selling China as a, a kind of a manufacturer of uh, products to, the, to Europe. I still remember when I first came to Europe, I, I, I didn't have to sell what, uh, you know, what Huawei produces. Actually, I have to really... Um, tell everyone what China is and why is China capable of producing anything other than uh, uh, shoes and, and jeans. So this uh, that was a good experience as well. But then uh, later on, after 2010, uh, I started to realize that China is becoming more and more important as a market. So China has to become, I mean, with the, the size of the economy, it has to become the largest uh, market in the world. Uh, 2015 actually was, uh, I call it uh, year zero, because in 2015, Chinese uh, um, uh, middle class population exceeded uh, the US and became the largest in the world. And I thought that this is the right moment, or I I was probably already late, but actually this is, uh, we have to start right now. Otherwise we're missing the train. But basically at that time, uh, together with the two other co-founders, uh, and then we decided to, to start up the company, uh, helping the Western brands to go into the Chinese market. That's how basically everything started.
1: So you and your colleagues started this company, and uh, what were the services you were providing at that time? Because I really like the name, right? Go Digital China. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about it.
2: The name of the company actually was made, not by, my, not, not by me, actually, it was made by one of my co-founders. He is now my chairman of the board. He's a Norwegian, and he is, of course, very much fond of digital. He was the head of digital services in Teleno Group. I was reporting to him when I was, when I was there. Um, he is very fond of uh, you know, the idea of uh, making China a destination as, as well as a, uh, a market for the Western uh, uh, brands and, uh, and businesses. And then uh, we agree that um, the best way of going into Chinese market is the digital way. At least we want to make the decision of going into Chinese market a small decision, not a big decision. We want to make it available to smaller companies would believe that uh, uh, this is not uh, only an opportunity of business for us. This is also something very good for China and for the rest of the world, to get China and the rest of the world more connected.
1: I think uh, you pointed out something very important. Uh, even just selling to China, traditionally, it's through distributors. The importer, exporter, distributors, there are many layers there. And when you are using digital platforms, it can cut all these different layers. It can go just from the supplier, uh, the manufacturer, directly to the buyers. So that's the power of digital and the technology today. Yes. Yes. The new model is replacing or reducing the cost for companies. And you don't need to set up an office there like the big companies, right? And you don't need to necessarily find distributors, all these people to do this uh, work for you.
2: And all these decisions are too big, especially they have to make those big and important decisions from the very beginning. They're putting a strong or big bet. I mean, I have uh, a couple of examples of uh, our customers who actually uh, got very interested in the Chinese market, and then they found someone that they decided to, that convinced them uh, in the beginning, sign an uh, exclusive agreement, and three years after, nothing happened. And in the worst case, many, or some of them, even uh, you know, invested a lot uh, into this kind of a model. So from our point of view, I mean, it, it's like a bet. We, we we don't want to we don't want any company to go into Chinese market uh, uh, thinking that they're gambling. We we want them to go into Chinese market and uh, and, and and test it out and uh, you know make the uh, the conscious decisions along the way.
1: So the goal when you founded the company was to reduce the entry uh, barrier. For Western companies to test out in China or go to China, sell into yes. China. Okay,
2: yes. that's uh, that's the vision I would say.
1: Yeah. So, what kind of services did you provide in the very beginning with this go digital China?
2: Uh, in the beginning, to be honest, we did everything. We of course we had to provide all the services manually because we didn't have any tool. We have to do the strategy. We have to do the design. The um the Uh, logistics, uh, setting up a point of sale through which we understood the whole value chain. And also we understood where we can contribute the most and how we can, in a kind of the software way, we can make a difference. That's uh, when we decided to develop at China.io, where we want to address one problem, one a real and um, and addressable problem that is uh, the digital marketing
1: okay so yeah. you mentioned this uh, new platform your company created to really help customers go digital channel this time <laughs> uh, through the platform through the uh, service that's the software or your company is providing so they can really Uh, reduce their cost of going to China through digital marketing. Uh, Tell us more about this uh, AdChina.io, what it is and how it can really help customers.
2: Yes, Uh, AdChina.io is a multi-channel digital advertising platform. Uh, The architecture is very simple. It contains three parts. One part is in China, which is the uh, APIs that it is connected to the major media channels. We connected with, uh, at this moment, uh, ten different media channels that are uh, covering pretty much everything uh, that is, uh, from our point of view, relevant and important. And then uh, the second part is the interface, which is developed specifically for the habits and the experience of the Western marketers who are very much used to the interfaces of Google and Facebook uh, uh, ecosystem. Uh, and then uh, in the middle, we build a machine learning uh, AI function that is capable of uh, uh, giving, hopefully in the future, smart uh, uh, suggestions. Right now it's only suggestions to the, uh, to the, to the advertisers uh, when it comes to pick off uh, channels, when it comes to messages, when it comes to uh, targeting criterias that they can use. So the, the architecture is very, very clear. Um, and then uh, the good thing about uh, the platform is that first of all, it's multi-channel. As I said, you, you, you really have to test out. Uh, that is the first thing. Second thing is that it's transparent. It's, uh, it's uh, connected uh, uh, by APIs. No one can manip- manipulate anything. So it's transparent both on the cost side, meaning that you know exactly how much you're spending on buying media or buying traffic. Uh, second is the data. All the data is getting, we're getting it uh, uh, in a, a near real-time way from all the media channels directly. It's compiled into reports, uh, uh, visual or graphic reports, uh, according to the Western marketer expectation. The third is that it is so efficient because uh, uh, there is no agencies in between. You're putting everything that you want to spend in buying the traffic. Um, and uh, at the same time, our platform, we managed to make it possible for uh, SMEs to launch small campaigns uh, we're talking about hundreds of dollars because we believe in testing and iteration we don't believe in big bets and uh, we only push the pedal when we see the pattern when we see the right recipe that's what the in essence uh, at china.io is
1: mm. So my understanding is it's a self-service that customers can go and put in a little bit of money, test out uh, the different media platforms that which one works. So in this way, even small companies can do their marketing through the Chinese media that their uh, messages reach to the audience. Okay, I think it's time to take another quick break.
0: Our consultants are US-China experts and have all lived and worked in both the US and China. With many years experience in market entry strategies, management and execution, we can help you find the right partners, develop opportunities and grow your business in China. Please visit ptcgconsulting.com today. Welcome back. Now let's move
1: to the last part of this conversation. Uh, I would really like to get some help or tips and advice from you for our small and medium customers when they are thinking about China, uh, if they want to go through this digital way um, to, to test out the China market and to reduce the cost, what are some things that they can learn from you or from all the things that you have seen for them to go to China?
2: Uh, when you go into a new market a foreign market be careful with uh, this uh, kind of the factors of foreignness and also try to make your important decisions as late as possible not too early before you know enough about uh, about the market so my suggestion to those smbs that are currently considering chinese market they are several things that uh, I, from my point of view and our experience is important so the first one is that uh, don't miss out because everyone gets a new chance in chinese market and even the big brands i mean h m for example a sweden brand and um, and then the second thing is that uh, try to go into chinese market with a kind of an open mind if you're already successful in your whole market and uh, Uh, for example, some neighboring uh, countries, uh, try to use what has worked uh, back home and test it out. Uh, And then, uh, you know, along the way, do some tweaks and see which tweak is uh, actually working better than the others. Uh, And that is uh, what we are uh, trying to tell uh, our new customers as well. Don't try to, you know, make a big decision and set up the value chain, uh, including, you know, Uh, financials, organization, uh, logistics, and uh, marketing, or even uh, uh, come up with a Chinese uh, market-specific product and then uh, do the production uh, 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 make a lot of uh, inventory and so on. Try not to do that. Try to you know, uh, sell uh, your existing product in the easiest way, which is these days um, cross-border e-commerce. That is the easiest way of selling physical product right now to the Chinese market. And then use uh, you know, get some orders and see if there is a willingness to pay and see if you can grab the attention of your targeted audience mm-hmm. and see if the targeted audience is the same as your whole market and how to attract them. So, and then when you find your customers, solve the other problems and the other problems are becoming, uh, from my point, point of view, necessary to solve. So do it uh, uh, in this sequence instead of the other way around.
1: So that's, that means do the MVP, right? The minimum yes. viable product to test it out, then figure out what works, then you invest more into it.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Do it in the internet way, don't do it in the kind of the traditional traditional way. Make a big bet and see if, <laughs> it, if it flies. If you're testing, uh, try to make the test as, uh, as small as possible and try to take uh, the risk as small as possible as yeah. well. But do a lot of them, but instead of, you know, a big one, big bet. That's uh, typical. pitfall. And uh, the third thing I would suggest is that uh, you do need some expertise. So it is important that you have this kind of uh, the Chinese expertise close to you. And, and then, uh, you know, from our point of view, our company or our platform is just a tool and everyone can use it. Customer can choose to use it themselves. The customer can choose to hire someone, a consultant, to do it for them. They can choose to hire or they can choose to ask their existing agency to help them to do, that, to do it. We would suggest uh, that every customer have a little bit longer perspective when it comes to Chinese market. Test out. If it works, great. If it doesn't, fine. Do some iterations. Uh, succeed uh, the second day. For example, one of our customers, in the beginning, they were very cautious. And uh, but then uh, they kept on nurturing the market for about 18 months, actually, one half year. And then now they became uh, the biggest brand in their kind of a niche of the segment, which is, uh, which is amazing. I mean, if you look at uh, how much it would have cost them if they go with this, uh, the, you know, the big splash uh, strategy into Chinese market, it's. And also, what kind of risk they are going to take if they take that if they had, if they took that kind of strategy? It's um, it's, it's just uh, amazing. Can um, you give
1: us a little bit more about how this particular customers? Uh, yeah. How this particular customer uh, did or tested? What are different steps they took? And then finally, they become successful in in the China market in their sector.
2: Yeah. Uh, in the beginning. Because of the background of the company it's a small consumer brand in a huge uh, corporate in a huge enterprise so they have their organization in China they decided okay I were going to this uh, market with a big uh, big splash in the beginning. they actually uh, took um, from my point of view the, the traditional mistake and then uh, we got to know them after they have actually uh, tasted the. the uh, the first the failure actually they spend a lot of money they picked a partner uh, they bet on it nothing really uh, happened we, we took over the case uh, we uh, looked at uh, their product we say that uh, okay you know what the, the, this product or this segment is not big yet but then we see that is going up and the good thing is that they have a very good ambition because uh, they want to be the largest or the leading brand in this, uh, in this niche. Uh, they have a longer perspective as well. So we decided to, um, to take, it, uh, take it slowly. First, we set up uh, their uh, media, uh, we, we call it digital assets in China. We set up uh, their official accounts uh, in different relevant uh, places or platforms, uh, including WeChat, Weibo, Little Redbook. Um, and Juhu, which is the Chinese uh, Cura platform. So, these kind of places. And we started to accumulate content and start to build the community, uh, start to build the topics around, uh, around the product. It's a health supplement. Um, and then, uh, you know, start, people start to talk about it. And then, uh, you know, we. Uh, make sure that uh, when we spend money, we spend it uh, very carefully. And we try to not only uh, build the brand, but also uh, um, try to do some conversion in there as well. As I mentioned in the beginning, you know, the uh, the health supplement is very uh, kind of limited. There are very limited ways of uh, of promoting them. So we used a lot of uh, different uh, key opinion leaders. We try them out. Uh, some are performing better than the others, then uh, we invest more in the, uh, in the ones that are performing and then uh, get rid of the ones that are not. Uh, but then uh, at the same time, we we'll continue to explore new influencers as well.
1: So I think what you said, the first stage was this new, uh, relatively small and just uh, emerging segment. What this company did was educating the market through content, through many different ways.
2: Yes, yes. So digital assets, uh, we set up the digital assets, uh, we created a lot of uh, content, uh, tried to, as you said, uh, educate the market, warm up the market. And then uh, we accelerated uh, with uh, uh, influencers to make it uh, into a a hot topic. And then uh, the the third stage was to, you know, uh, boost the point of sales. So the point of sales uh, in the beginning, they had only one uh, flagship store and then we decided to open up uh, several uh, on multiple platforms. And then at the same time, uh, we started to uh, recruit uh, them. I mean, this is the thing. With our experience, we don't believe that any distributor or retailers would take a new brand from abroad and sell it wholeheartedly. No one does that. Uh, everyone would like to uh, you know, uh, take a free ride of a, a popular product out there in the market. So, but at this time, we become a, a popular product in the market already. So it's very easy for us to recruit uh, and onboard the distributors and, uh, and retailers. So then suddenly everyone is selling it. And it's dominant uh, brand in the market for that sector. So that is a small case study of, uh, of how it can be achieved. But again start small and scale uh, smart and i can
1: see it takes some time
2: but we'll, we also have some quick uh, quick winners as well but then uh, those requires that uh, there is a hot market for that specific, specific uh, product there you don't have to educate the market you, you probably can come in with uh, something uh, very unique or at least perceived as very unique and then uh, you know, uh, try to capitalize on the on the readiness of the uh, of the market.
1: So can you give us an example of something that you know you don't need to do the market education? People are consuming it already in China, but you just go and write this big market opportunity in China through yeah. through investing in digital marketing and through your platform uh, that you yeah. help them.
2: Yeah uh i think there are many uh sectors in the market that are much more mature and we have a lot of food brands as our customers they come in and uh, they try to address existing uh, consumers existing consumers of those products but then uh, when they come in they usually uh, have something new exposing your brand or exposing your product to the right consumers is not a problem we have the platform we have very good targeting tools and so on but then uh, it is important how to come in and uh, tell everyone that uh, that that you are different in attractive way Uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, good examples of those Uh, genius uh, you know uh, customers uh, uh, coming up with something uh, which actually worked but again don't bet on those try to make uh, a set of uh, different uh, options, different uh, messages, and then uh, test them out and see which one is actually capturing the, the most. And that is, uh, that is the re- re- really that is the digital way of, um, um, of doing digital marketing.
1: Thanks so much, Jay. I really appreciate yeah. your time and the uh, tips, the knowledge you are sharing.
2: I really, uh, again, I want to thank you for inviting me to this uh, this, uh, podcast.
1: And I hope our audience now feel more comfortable just to test out from small and then figure out what's the right way to sell into China, to market into China uh, through some very easy tools to do. And you can find out more about uh, the the services that Jay mentioned about. It is... uh, at their website, go digitalchina.com or china.io It's adchina.io. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. So Please subscribe our podcast and I look forward to talking to you again next time.
0: Thank you for tuning into In China with Michelle Zhao. Please join us for another edition next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again next week.